Hi there, and welcome back to the SBLG podcast. I am Savannah, your San Clemente local expert. Really excited to be back with you guys. We have a much needed episode for you today, and this is Andrew. Your Huntington Beach local expert, and we're excited to have a special guest with us. Yes, today we have our long-awaited financing episode with Greg Mole. Thanks for having me. From the Mole team at Cross Country Mortgage. And we just wanted to mention really quickly also that on our next episode, it is going to be solely based buyer Q&A. So this is your last chance to email into our podcast email, which is, what is the email again? Podcast <laughs> at sbluxurygroup.com. So you can email any of your questions in there. There's nothing too big or too small. We love helping and advising you guys on any of your questions. Yeah. And if there's anything you'd like to see on a future episode, let us know as well, too. Yes, and I would say this is one of the most important, one of the most informative episodes that we will have in this series, so stay tuned for a good one. Yeah, and hopefully this answers a lot of your questions because I know we've worked with a lot of first-time home buyers and buyers just wondering about financing and what they need, so yeah. yeah. Yes, and with our combined experience and with Greg, hopefully we can get all of those answers for you. So Greg, tell me a little bit about yourself and your team. Well, brilliant, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Greg with Cross Country Mortgage and the Mole Team. 22 years I've been in the business. I've just about seen it all, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride. Uh, the last couple of years have been no different. Um, just uh, an exciting real estate market to be a part of right now. And uh, it's not showing any signs of slowing. So we're just busy, busy, busy. And uh, I'm just, uh, yeah, looking forward to 2022. Yeah. We are too. Yeah. And we're excited to have you here. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Of course. So quick question. We'll just get right into it because your it. time is valuable and we want to get as much information for our listeners as possible. Yeah, thank you. So jumping into it, um, for a lot of first time home buyers, they are confused about the different types of financing options sure. and everything like that. So can you give us a little bit of rundown about what the different options are as far as FHA, financing, conventional? Mm-hmm and everything yeah va all the different loans kind of what that even means for them okay yeah that's a softball of a question (laughs) Um, there's many different loan programs there's many different options Um, most people think it's like pulling up to a gas pump and you got just three different um you know options or octanes that you can put into your car and uh, the truth is is that every loan is unique and particular to your circumstances or your needs and we got to look at each individual situation um individually. Um, So with that being said, um, priority number one is buying a home, right? right? And we need to go, hey, is that putting a large down payment? Is that putting a low down payment? Um, How do we best qualify? What's your budget? And different loan programs are going to allow for different uh, um, restraints or guidelines Mm -hmm. that allow you into that home. Yes. FHA is going to be a little bit more forgiving for a first time home buyer than a conventional loan. Uh, conventional loans are going to sometimes want to see a little bit more money down than an FHA. Okay. But the priority here is being able to qualify and buy that house. So I love an FHA home loan. I bought my first home with FHA financing. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. Um, and it did very, very well for me. Um, and a lot of people think that in Orange County that you come out the box buying a million and a half dollar home. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got 20% down to put on that house. Three hundred. Who's got $300,000 to put down Just on the first around. time? Yeah, right. right. Um, FHA, you can come in as little as 3.5% down. Wow. And you can get into a house um, 
you know, with relaxed guidelines, if you will, a <laughs> little bit higher of a debt to income ratio. Okay. Uh, maybe your credit's not as perfect as you might need in a conventional loan. Right. Um, just a little bit more forgiving and you can still get those rock bottom interest rates with FHA, uh, something that's got a three, 3.125, three and a quarter. Um, yeah, it's just phenomenal what you can do with FHA. And then what you do is you let the equity build over the next two or three years and then we might have that 20% to go conventional yep. and buy your next home. Definitely. And of course, if you've got the 10, 15, 20% down and you need a conventional loan, we can go right out the box and get you that financing. So what is between FHA and conventional, what is the hindrance of doing an FHA versus a conventional kind of like pro con? Mortgage insurance. Okay. Okay. Mortgage insurance. Um, FHA has mortgage insurance. So they basically set up through HUD um, upfront mortgage insurance premium. Mm -hmm. It's called UFMIP. And there's also a monthly mortgage insurance. Um, anytime you put less than 20% down on a home in California right. or anywhere in the US for that matter, mm -hmm. uh, you have mortgage insurance. Um, that would be the advantage of putting 20% down on a home. You avoid mortgage insurance. That basically secures to the lender that if you were to avoid uh, any kind of a default on your payment, that you're the lender's protected. Go ahead and make that risk in financing that person. And if they were to default on payment, mortgage insurance is gonna help absorb that risk. Yes. Right. Mortgage insurance with uh, FHA financing is a little more expensive. Okay. They're going to expand the guidelines and allow for a little more risk okay. that otherwise wouldn't be considered in a conventional loan. Because yeah. it's a bit more forgiving. Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not too much, but they're going to let you in the game a little sooner than conventional would. Right. Okay. And then with home price or with that home values increasing so much, sure. um, buyers can start taking advantage of that yeah. appreciation sooner than later if they yep. were to get an FHA loan. and. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I've put people into an FHA loan and in two years in this market, um, you're able to refinance them in a conventional loan, drop that mortgage insurance in as little as two years, Yeah. Right? which in some cases saves them two, three, four hundred dollars a month in their payment. Right. Um, which is amazing. Just incredible. Yeah. And I think the goal is just to get into the first place, build up that equity, that appreciation, take advantage of that, and then look at either if it's refinancing or getting a bigger place, right? Absolutely. Like, again, the priority or goal number one is, what do we need to do to get you in the home? Right. Um, you know, we all know uh, real estate is about uh, buying and waiting, not waiting to buy. It's going to become increased. Can you say that one more time? Because <laughs> yes. I think it's very yeah. important for our listeners to understand that. <laughs> I've been saying it for years and I love it. It's a great tagline. It's about buying and waiting, not waiting to buy. Um, I think over the years, some people have treated real estate as a short-term investment vehicle. Mm -hmm. And it's a long-term investment vehicle, meaning you buy a piece of real estate and you allow it to sit and grow. Yes. Uh, it's a roof over your head and it's a slow growing. However, in this market, it's been very fast appreciating. Right. And that is something that has financially been very, very handsome for a lot of people. Definitely. Yeah. And as far as like, I've gotten buyers who don't know what private mortgage insurance is mm -hmm. or PMI, which sure. is pretty normal. Yeah, absolutely. But then when they do know about it and they don't really understand how quickly prices are appreciating, they assume that you know, they have private mortgage insurance for the entirety of their 30 year loan. Yeah. True or false? <laughs> um, so it's in, okay, so the question is, how long is that private mortgage insurance with me? Yes. 
it's for to uh, it's either until you refinance and get out get away from it completely or until you organically pay your mortgage down until it's at 78 percent loan to value okay so if you look at an amortization table mm -hmm. by paying principal and interest every month in your payment it might take seven or eight years for you to pay your way to a 22 percent position equitable mm -hmm. position in your mortgage mm -hmm. or if your equity grows fast enough in orange county which is highly likely right now yep. they're projecting almost 16 percent growth just next year uh, you can see how in two years time you might have 20 percent equity I wouldn't want to wait for my payment to organically pay to 22% right. equity. I might want to consult my loan officer and say, hey, do I have it? Let's get an appraiser out here. Maybe we look at a refinance and uh, drop that mortgage insurance sooner than later. Absolutely. Right. That's super tangible and very easy. It's hard for me to explain to clients sometimes because I go at it very informatively. Yeah. But you make it nice and smooth and easy. So that's great. I've been articulating it for many years. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that makes perfect sense. Um, another question that I had for you too was, as a buyer right now, I've heard um, a lot of speculation on you know the housing market going down, crashing, sure. slowing down, and I hear a lot of people wanting to wait to have that 20% before they're getting in now, because yeah. they want to wait for that crash for things to slow down, and you know as well as I do that that's not happening anytime soon. Right. But also, as a lender from that standpoint, would you recommend a client going in at 10% starting now, getting into the game early, or waiting another to three years yeah. possibly to get to that 20%. Well, I think the uh, operative word that she just said was that's not happening anytime soon. I'd like to change that to ever. Um, I don't believe that's going to happen anytime in the near future at all. Why is that? Um, it You don't need a, mac a degree in macroeconomics from Wharton School of Business to understand supply and demand or right. simple economics. Um, the apple cart, there's only, there's three and a half million people that live in Orange County and there's less than 1,200 homes for sale. Right. For every two or three people that want to get out of California, there's still four or five people coming to this state. Yep. yep. Uh, these are where the jobs are at and there's just not enough homes to, to house everyone. If the pandemic has shown anybody anything, people want to have their own roof over their own head and they want to be in control of that space. Yes. Yep. This has created an unworldly amount of demand. And that is just unprecedented right now. And they project that this is going to continue with low interest rates for the next forever long, I would say at least three to five years. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, some of these projections go out 10 years. Uh, again, don't wait to buy, buy and wait. You're going to need to pay a mortgage payment. It's either going to be your landlord's or mm -hmm. your own. And might as well take advantage of some tax breaks along the way because it's almost more costly right now to rent than it is to buy. Right. I would say 100%. And I think we've also mentioned that a little bit on our previous episode as well, too, when we talked a little bit about buying versus renting. I actually caught that episode. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah I'm glad. So this really um, kind of gives our listeners more of like um, education from a lender standpoint yeah, on sure. why that's so important. So really cut and dry is just, are you paying yours or are you paying your landlords? And it's really that simple. Yeah. So yeah. moving forward to a different subject a little bit is, why as a buyer right now is it so important to get pre-approved before you start looking mm. and what would you advise them when they're doing their pre-approval like what are the differences in pre-approval between you and other companies what makes your pre-approval and your team's pre-approval different than everyone else's no, sure i uh great question um so I had this conversation yesterday. I'll probably have it two or three times with my buyers this afternoon. 
no matter how long I'm in the business, I'm going to be answering that question forever long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the short answer is right now these sellers are wanting their money quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are if you're selling a property, you're buying a property. They want to be assured 100% that if they take their house off the market, that they're going to be able to close on time and it's not going to hang up whatever second leg of their transaction that they have working. Right. Time is money. Mm-hmm. If they're going to go off the market, they don't want to miss out on any opportunity, especially knowing how much money they're leaving on the table by delisting. Right. Right. So if we know that their home is becoming more valuable every single day that they're not on the market, Mm -hmm. they do not want to miss out on an opportunity that might be coming in the next week as soon as they agree to sell to somebody. Yeah, because they're selling so unbelievably fast. Time is of the essence. Even when it slows down, you're getting five, six offers that very first weekend to buy that house. I mean, this is standardly the slow period yes and it's not slow right now by any means no 100 percent. and um they want to be assured uh, well before i even go there a lot of times you're up against a cash buyer Mm -hmm. right these people have money and they're writing offers that are equivalent of cash um there's a lot of assuredness when i show you a bank statement as a cash buyer that they have the money and the wherewithal to be able to close on time smoothly and make it as easy as possible for the sellers yes yeah how do we compete against that one our reputation our pre-approval have i verified and checked all the boxes have i looked at all the uh, credit income and assets and is my reputation and am i going to be able to guarantee that hey if you accept our offer will we close on time and smoothly that is the number one thing I want to bring to every one of your offers. This is why you would elect to work with me as opposed to a bank or any other lender, maybe in Orange County, yes. that hasn't taken the time to underwrite that file on day one. So you mentioned underwrite. What do you mean by that? I mean that I've got 22 years in the business and I ask for every stitch of financials up front and I review them personally and I run them through an automated underwriting system and I look at them and I I check all those boxes, a lot of times my time in the business is even greater than the underwriters that are underwriting those files on the back end. So when I give you my stamp of approval and it says that I've looked at those documents, you can rest assured that I've given you my stamp of approval. Got it. I think something for me that I've noticed with my clients working with you as a lender versus working with a larger corporation is that it's a very front-loaded process, I would Mm, say, with with your team as where everything is reviewed and front-loaded right in the beginning to where you know what you can do moving forward. Whereas with their other pre-approvals, it's just a phone call. They don't have any statements that they're getting to their lender and you get a pre-approval letter and they find out all of that information and they underwrite the file when you're in escrow. See where the problem could arise. How how does that create a dilemma? Oh man, Um, you know, the business models aren't all the same. So depending on if you're talking to, uh, there's so many different ways to get a loan through a bank, right? If you're talking to a Wells Fargo or a Chase Manhattan or any of the big chain banks, mm-hmm. their modi operandi is not home loan lending, mm-hmm. right? They do credit cards, savings and loan, a lot of other ways. They, they make their money by having your money under their roof and yep. then they lend it back to everybody else, right? Um, 
I think they get 19, 20% by giving you a credit card. <laughs> yep. 3% for a home loan is probably not their number one priority, yeah. <laughs> but they want to keep you happy. But if it takes them 45 to 60 days to underwrite a file, what you're so finding easy. is that decision maker isn't going to come into play until much further along in the process. And I'll just add really quickly, 45 to 60 days in this <laughs> market, it's, it's just not gonna It's happen. an eternity. No. And you need to know on day one or day two whether or not there's gonna be a problem. I'm not saying every loan's perfect and we just skip to the finish line, mm -hmm. but if you get me on day one and day two, I can identify that problem or potential hurdle. Um, a lot of times once the underwriter or, or somebody sees the issue, it's too late to put the cat back in the bag. Yeah. Right. Right. And if I can catch that problem and fix the problem, um, I once saw a definition that said that uh, definition of a loan officer is somebody that solves a problem before you knew you had one. <laughs> and that's so true. So definition of and a I good loan officer. <laughs> you catch these problems before even sometimes writing offers or getting into escrows, right? Yes, before I give it to the underwriter, yeah. <laughs> right? And if I know exactly what I'm looking for and I know how to underwrite that quasi underwrite that file before I submit the file, then it, what goes in clean comes out clean. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we reverse engineer that so we can close in as little as 10 or 15 days. And if we can do that, I'm closing as Wait. quickly as cash. So you said you can close as quickly as 10 or 15 days. Absolutely. It can Versus 45 to 60 days from a traditional bank. Correct. Maybe 30 days if we're lucky, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's the skill set, right? There's, there's the 20 years experience, and there's how I've reverse engineered my business to where I front load the pain, right? I always say I front load the pain because I don't tell our clients that it's going to be a teeth cleaning when I think it might feel a little bit like a root canal. But I do that <laughs> in the first 24 hours because it's going to be a lot of paperwork. It's going to be a lot of shuffle. But what I can assure you is by doing this in 10, 15 days, we're going to get your offer heard. We may get it accepted. And which by is, the time, <laughs> which is the real goal we want here. I, I, I talk in reality here. And by the time that most people are just finding out about the problems, you know, in a typical escrow period, you're already having your backyard barbecue with your neighbors and family. <laughs> That's what I want to bring to the table. I want to create a raving fan experience and I want to get you through this process quickly. Um, it is a stressful process buying a home. But if I know what to look out for and I can kind of see down the road just a little bit, I'd rather ask you for that stuff up front so we can plan for it, get it, and then I'll hold your hand right to the right. finish line. So mentioning that, what are some things that, uh, documents that you look for in an application and then what are some of the challenges, that uh, common challenges that you've seen? It's so simple. It's credit, income, and assets. Okay. And what you need, you, you gotta have W-2s, pay stubs, and tax returns. A lot of times I'll ask for tax returns. Um, you gotta review the tax returns. Something can come up on those tax returns if you don't review them up front mm. that can kill a deal. Whether you need them or not, I'm gonna look at them so that I'm prepared for anything that might come to fruition during that processing period. Being one step ahead. I'm going to be one step ahead every step of the way. Yep. Mm -hmm. I would say you're about five steps ahead. But <laughs> I try to be. Absolutely. If we're talking in reality here. Mm -hmm. But it's it really is simple. It's credit, income, and assets. And I review everything. Um, you asked about a credit a pre-qualification versus pre-approval. A lot of banks will give you that pre-qualification just simply with a verbal 1003 or loan application, a soft credit pull, and they'll just issue a pre-qual. Which really 
gives the lender no insight. They have no idea what they're getting into when they actually get into escrow. Mm. If your offer were to get accepted with that, yeah. which is very rare. I don't know that any listing agent will even, they'll just shuffle you to the side. They won't even consider it. I've had firsthand yep. experience with that with a client. Sure, yeah. So yeah, I think sure it's important to get all the documents in order, submit them in the application to yep. you so you can actually take a full look at what's going on financially, right? That's right. And I tell them, I say, hey, and if you come out of this feeling like we just cleaned your teeth, then we won. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a lot all in the beginning. So what is the ideal timeline? How long does it normally take for them from start to finish to where they're pre-approved and they can start submitting offers on a house? Great question. Um, usually they come over with a name, phone number, and an email address from our lender partners. You guys do a great job introducing us and we'll reach out immediately. Mm -hmm. I usually want my team to be in touch within one hour and we can usually, from the time that we make contact and receive all their financials, mm -hmm. get a pre-approval out in 24 hours. Wow. 24 hours. 24 hours and front load all of it. Yep. Yep. That's pretty yep. crazy. Yep. From the time that they, so again, we, we request credit income and assets from them. Mm -hmm. And once they receive, once we receive all that, I can review everything and give you an answer in 24 hours. Gotcha. And when do you, um, when would you suggest clients or buyers out there start that process? Cause I know a lot of people are like, I don't want my credit to be pulled. Like, I'm not sure. Like what, what I would just you? just want to look first. Yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, it really is. Um, you know, if you're talking, the best laid plan is the one that's planned, right? Like, mm -hmm. so let me get to work on what I do best, which is let's solve for X and let's get a plan together. Even if something is going to stick out and maybe be something we need to account for, which is there's not enough money in the bank for the down payment or your credit's not perfect. I would like to know that stuff so I can advise you of the game plan. Sometimes I work with buyers for over a year to get them to where they actually qualify. And those are the most rewarding, right? Like where I get to know their family and I help them every step of the way. And a year later they get to buy their house and it's like, I'm a part of that family. And they're like, wow, had I not gotten started a year ago, I might just be getting started today. And then we'd be another year out. So yesterday's the right answer. Let's get started yesterday. Absolutely. And you've personally helped one of my clients get their credit score up so that they could get into the house they wanted and love also it. get a better rate. I love that. Absolutely. Yes. So we've heard a lot of information, a lot of questions on a personal level for mm -hmm. your team. I yeah. kind of want to know, I know this personally, but I want our listeners to know, which I think might be helpful for them too. What are some core values on your team? What do you really make and value as important to you when you're dealing with your clients and just on your team in general? Because it's not just you. You have a great team that like gives a five-star service every time. And I think that's what sets you apart from everyone else as well too. So can you yeah. touch a little upon that? I'm glad you asked that because we literally have it up in our office. Um, I got a mission statement and we stare at it every day. Um, but one of our primary objectives, um, I'll just talk, it's people first. We look at everybody as people yeah. um, and we put them first. No matter where you're from in this world and uh, your walk of life, everyone's situation is different. And if I've got 22 years in the business and you're just coming to real estate as a first time home buyer, I understand that it's going to be foreign and you're going to need some hand holding. And all of our team members are versed in how to do that. And we want to make sure we approach every single situation with kid gloves. 
And no matter how busy we are, we hope that you walk away going, wow, I felt like I was your only customer, even though we're probably doing several million dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you definitely, communication is huge for your team. You definitely reach out to clients, to agents as well, too, just to make sure everything is good. You um, check in all the time. and. Yeah, so I know that <laughs> definitely is a big difference. Yeah, people on your team like Ryan make yeah. me feel bad about my follow-ups. So. <laughs> yeah, and we know who to call. I mean, yeah, yeah anyone definitely. on your team, we can give you a call and get to someone and get any questions answered, whereas for anyone else, it's just a number in a big pool, right? Yeah, and, you know, none of us are uh, – we're, we're all on the same page, and uh, we're all willing to do each other's job. So you can reach out to any one of us at any time, and someone will jump in to get the job done. Yeah, even on weekends and late at night, I know that's been huge. We have a we have a code amongst us, and it says whoever answers it owns it. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Very yeah. cool. Well, just to recap on everything, we went over a lot of information overall from what you've seen in your vast experience, but also just the crazy couple of years that we've yeah. had in the business, mm -hmm. and also what's projected for the sixteen percent increase in yeah. next year. Right. What is your biggest takeaway right now? for what buyers should expect and advice that you have for them yeah. for first-time home buyers early next Top year. Three. Yeah, I would say this, um, you know, when Goldman Sachs comes out and gives a wild projection of 16%, I'm like, even if they're half right, that's a phenomenal rate mm -hmm. of return. Mm -hmm. um, so ideal conservative numbers, right? I love 8%, right? Um, even though all the numbers support much higher than that. So uh, one thing that you should be aware of is that interest rates are going to go up. Um, and I would love for people to be focused on the growth benefit, long-term benefit of owning a home, mm -hmm. tax breaks, silent equity, right? Um, yes, interest rates are very, very important, but uh, you know, in the means of budgeting, we gotta make sure everything lines up correctly. Mm -hmm but generational wealth is built through real estate. Love that. And that is the goal. So again, real estate is about buying and waiting, not waiting to buy. And I believe that it's gonna be a little bit more costly the longer you wait to get into this market. They're just running out of land. Um, and uh, you know, if interest rates are going up, it's gonna become more expensive the longer you wait. Yeah, so interest rates are going up, mm -hmm. house, pr house prices are going up too, so I think probably a double whammy there and it's just gonna make it more expensive the longer you wait. Sure, and you know, <clears throat> we don't talk about it, but I've seen it in my career, guidelines change. Mm -hmm. They get more restrictive. Um, you know, one day you're able to do this and the next day you're not. You don't know what changes are coming down the pipe. The only thing we can solve for is you know what's in front of us today. Which I think we should all be very aware of that from what happened last year, so. Sure, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I'd love to talk with anybody. Um, it's just what we do. We love helping families get into real estate. And so, we do too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So if any buyers are interested in keep getting in touch with you, where they where can they find you? How can they contact you? Oh, wow. Uh, so you can email any one of us at support at themoldteam.com, or you can drop us a line at 877-237-9696, and uh, someone will always answer the phone. Yeah, both are good options. I always think when people tell me an email, I'm like, <laughs> they're not gonna respond. They always do very quickly as well. Yes. Um, I think this has been a great episode to help first-time buyers understand what a competitive lender looks like and what those values really entail. So I think this was a great episode and very informative for everyone. Wow. Thank you, I'm a big fan of both of you. Yay. Yay. And hopefully that was some good information. So you can find 
our team at SB Luxury Group on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Yes. And if you have any questions, you can email us at podcast at SB Luxury Group. And keep in mind, next episode, we'll be doing our buyer Q&A. And where can they find you, Savannah? I am Savannah Corrales on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you stay tuned because I've been doing a lot more video content recently, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. And I hope you guys See all enjoy it. going on in San Clemente. And I'm Andrew Lynn, your Huntington Beach local expert. You can find me at Andrew Lynn Homes. See you guys next Friday.